Hey everyone, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like the Power Rangers theme song. It gets you so hype and you really don't even understand why. Today on the show, we're talking all about obsession. And this this episode takes kind of like a Simpsons turn. <laughs> you know how like every Simpsons episode starts and you kind of just like you have kind of a topic that you think the episode is going to be about and then like one major event happens and it becomes completely different. Um, that's kind of where this episode goes. Really, the last 10 minutes are are really this completely different turn. And uh, I'm going to keep it in because I think it's important. I think I think this episode is important for my personal journey. I think it's an episode I'll probably look back on where I talk about obsession and I talk about its obsession in terms of my personal obsession, which is typically about being correct. And I want to help people, but sometimes I can lose patience when that person that I'm helping just doesn't click intellectually with what it is that I'm trying to teach them. Right. And it just becomes this endlessly maddening thing where someone will just kind of like not hear what I'm saying. Right. And, um, and, and it's not about me conveying like something that I don't know. I I'm like, this is, I know this for sure. Right. <laughs> and I become obsessed about the kind of like quote unquote fixing people or something like that. And I realized that, you know, I, I read a little bit of an article on the show too, and kind of end up going through this kind of growth mid show <laughs> of like realizing that my obsession fits into basically masking something. Right. And I've had obsessions as I go into mania and I have things that I'm dealing with personally in my life. But, um, you know, all of this mania in, in itself is kind of like a, a, a mask, right? You're, you're masking all of the bad things and that's what kind of leads into mania. Right. So to continue to accept and, and look at things that are actually difficult and hard kind of calls the mania a little bit. you like, you have to you have to dig into the deep stuff, right? And I'm not always good at that. I'm not good with emotions, um, but we read an article and it kind of helps me through it. And then by the end of it, I start talking about like my kid and I start talking about all of this like real difficult stuff that is just like sad. And I almost break down and cry on the air <laughs> and I haven't cried in like 15 years, like a good cry. I haven't cried since I was 15 years old. That's another episode we'll talk about. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's this like unhealthy thing. There's just like some something about me that just I can't just let go. And um, I think that's going to be like another arc on this sort of journey that I've been kind of sharing throughout this episode, uh, throughout this podcast. And um, you'll notice that like if you're listening to the podcast, like, and you're just getting started, I would recommend listening in order, like all the way through all the episodes, because there's just kind of like an arc. This is my life. Like I'm sharing who I am. And when I get into a place where I start talking about external topics is typically when I'm avoiding stuff. Right. And there's a pattern that you'll notice if you start listening to that stuff and all that stuff is really useful and really interesting. And like, makes for a good show, but like the serial part of this, the whole arc is me. Like I'm the hero of this path, really the, 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 I don't even want to say hero, but just like the, the character, the lead actor <laughs> of all of this. And, um, you know, there's ebbs and flows and journeys and growths and all sorts of thing. And I think this episode is going to be a milestone for uh, a bit of personal growth and realizing that my obsession is a mask for, all of this stuff that I need to face and that I want to put out there in the world that I feel like I can't. And, um, 
well, just listen to it. Okay. This is a really long intro. So just go listen to the thing. Enjoy, listen to the theme song, get all hype and then get sad. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, um, let's do this. Drums, all right hi welcome to the show hope you guys are doing well hope uh life is good for you at the moment and even if it's not you know things will get better in time they typically do um as long as we're kind of taking accountability and trying to move forward and trying to fix things and putting in the work, uh, things have a greater chance of moving forward. Basically, we're, we're, we're trying to increase the odds of, of success, right? And sometimes success is not being at zero. That's kind of where I am at the moment is just trying to not be at zero and uh, continuing to do what I love, but in a way that is serving people and, um, you know, is, is, is good for my mental health and all of that stuff. So, um, uh, before we move on, I want to remind you guys that the uh, Boss Project Summit is still accepting free seats. So you can go to CNote uh, or rather bit.ly slash CNote Summit to sign up for that. Uh, 40 plus speakers, a lot of amazing information. If you're trying to start a business, there's stuff about finances and branding and successful businesses who are doing their thing and uh, sharing about funnels and all that stuff, like creating Facebook groups, like a ton of things. So 40 plus speakers of amazing information, bit.ly slash CNote summit. Um, today on the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about obsessions, um, obsessions that like, I, I know I have plenty of obsessions in my life and uh, obsessions as they lead into mania, because I know in particular obsession is one of those things that is kind of a um, it's sort of a, a symptom of mania for me. Like I start to realize I become obsessive with certain things when I start to get into mania a little bit, which I think is what I'm getting into now that, uh, you know, money is getting a little bit tighter and, you know, it's essentially be becoming a trigger for me, uh, to move in that, uh, ascended direction of mania. So, I find myself a little bit more combative. I definitely will get more, um, short with people, uh, and focused on other people. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it sucks because I have to like continually remind myself that, you know, other people don't matter in the grand scope of my life. Like I'm trying to do what I can to just do me. Right. And, um, you know, I, I care about people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that like, I, don't want to be concerned with other people's faults, right? Because those are things that I cannot change. You know, it's, it becomes an obsession with things I can't control people's behaviors, the way that they talk to each other, um, their sort of portion of development the way that they are. Um, and mostly I get obsessive about misinformation when people feel like they're at a certain stage of development, you know, when you're at a certain stage of development, you can't see the next thing. Right. And I know I can't see the next thing and I start to form, I don't know, it's, it's like a, an elitism a little bit because I've already passed a certain stage of development. So I want to bring people along. Right. So there's a certain kind of, uh, there's a certain nobleness to it, but at the same time, it's all like, you know, me being focused on helping people, but it, it starts to get 
too much. Like I start to get frustrated by the fact that they're not moving fast enough or they're not hearing what I'm saying. They're not hearing the the information that I'm giving them. You know, they're very much stuck in their emotional state or, um, you know, they need more time to marinate uh, or whatever. And it becomes very frustrating. And so that's another thing. I I just become obsessed with other people's kind of like emotional states. And I become obsessed with being correct. Um, And and not being correct as in like, I want to be right if I'm wrong. But like, I know for sure that something is factually correct. But someone is like sharing misinformation out there in the world, especially about the Myers-Briggs stuff. Like Myers-Briggs is quite definitive in a lot of the information that's being put out there. The variable is people, right? But a lot of the information in terms of like functions and how they perform and uh, the unconscious, the subconscious bias that is placed upon us when we grow up and all that stuff, like all of that stuff, I understand in depth. I've done courses on it. I have a podcast on it. I do. And and I get all my information from uh, interactions with people mixed with coaching that, um, you know, people have actually done for other people. I'm not just following or listening to someone's advice that they're giving like while they're sitting in their car in their parking lot. Right. It's like, I'm trying to uh, follow actual credible sources. And uh, when someone is on the internet giving all sorts of misinformation and not understanding how something actually works, it's, you know, especially when someone's being loud about it, right. It gets really frustrating because they have reach, right. It's kind of the same way that I get really frustrated when I'm doing a, you know, I'm doing this podcast. I'm reaching a few thousand people, which is amazing. Thank you for listening. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, it gets really frustrating when one person puts out a video that is like this passionate vitriolic sort of, uh, response to something that completely undermines like any sort of positive personal development message. And everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> and like 2.2 million people watch it or something. And you're like, ah, that's so frustrating. Cause like, you know, you just feel like, uh, you know, it's like so one person's loud voice supersedes like the two and a half years of work that I've been doing. <laughs> right. So it's just really frustrating. I try not to compare, but again, when you get in kind of obsession, when you get into mania, it feels like my brain is functioning in a way that is not normal. And which is true because it is, but the idea is like, I just feel like a completely different person. And, uh, you know, it's like, you could blame it on like the whole shadow personality thing when Myers Briggs, but I don't, I, I don't really subscribe to that. I subscribe to the fact that like our inferior function can be something that that kind of takes over sometimes when it doesn't get nurtured enough. You don't get enough affirmations. You don't like, you know, show enough love and respect or whatever as an INTP. But um, uh, essentially, like, I just start to feel obsessive because of the way my brain is shifting, right? I just feel like I'm getting into a place of both desperation because of money, but I also get into a place of like, I'm maybe spending too much time online or maybe too much spending too much time on my own. And, um, instead of having meaningful conversations, I'm trying to convert this one person who's stubborn. And like, I have to have this like wake up moment where I'm just like, ah, stop it. Okay. This person's a waste of time and sort of identify when they're a lost cause. And it it, kind of becomes really difficult when you feel them like slightly teetering on the edge, but nothing in the conversation. Um, when you kind of go back to it now that I'm thinking about it as I'm talking about it, because there is a conversation I was having this morning that was kind of distracting me and is the, the purpose for this episode (laughs) is, um, that they just were not 
showing any kind of signs of being willing to grow, right? And again, it's not about, I don't like to talk about things that I don't know about, right? Like I don't do that much on this show. Um, even if I talk about big picture or social things or political things, like I'm only talking about based on my experience and I'm making sure that that's the caveat, right? Because like, I don't know things like I don't, I can't sit when I, I try to catch myself when I say things like most people or general statements or like you know, uh, everyone, right. Because I don't know everyone. I know like 1%, less than 1% of the population. I've met less than 1% of the population in my entire life. Right. Like I just, many of us have never, (laughs) there we go again. Um, (laughs) you know, uh, I, I think that that is something that a lot of us do though. Uh, at least the people I've come in contact with is we will generalize, generalize based on, Uh, very, very little information. Like we don't know anyone's experience. I don't know many people's experience, which is why I try to continue to like rein it in (laughs) when I'm talking on this show. Cause I have episodes where I do get a passionate and those episodes are the ones where I'm going into mania and you can kind of tell because I go on the mic and I'm just like, rah, (laughs) and uh, I apologize for those episodes, but I don't want to hold back either. I don't want to be like, okay, this is not how I feel today and pretend to be something else, right? This is what I am experiencing. And a lot of the times, a lot of the times it's like, it, it comes out in the form of, of, of obsession. Uh, you'll notice that like I get obsessed with the topic and I will just kind of go down an intense rabbit hole of it, you know, and uh, understanding things like social issues or Myers-Briggs or other personality development funnels and stuff like that. I'll just go down these rabbit holes and get obsessed with learning and taking in information, which is good. But at the same time, it will get to the point where I'm like, ah, why doesn't everyone else understand this? And that's really the the thing that becomes the problem for me is when I start thinking about other people, because I, I you know, as much as I preach about, you know, not being concerned, concerned about what other people think, like I'm still, I'm not immune to it. Right. Uh, even I'm though, like my natural state of being is someone that doesn't care. I genuinely don't. I spend most of my time not worrying about other people. Um, I do have times where I am. I have times where I'm trying to, I just see things that like trigger that inaccuracy sort of function within me. And I get really frustrated with wanting to correct people. So usually when I get into that kind of obsessive place, I start to like detach. I have to typically have to detach from the internet or go do something fun, right? Or, Or do something that is not in service of communicating with people in their emotional state, right? Because that's when it gets kind of real messy and a little bit obsessive for me. And I don't really know what to do um, with that information. So it gets a little, it gets a little tricky, a little hairy. So we're going to keep talking about obsession after the break. Let's take a break and listen to those ads. All right. Welcome back. Hope you guys are okay. You made it through the ad. Not, Not a big deal. Everyone's still alive. Everyone accounted for we're good. All right. Thanks for still being here. I appreciate you. Again, you know, these ads are meant to try to help me pay the bills. You know, I'm not some corporation um, and I'm giving personal recommendations to people that are paying me, but they're also uh, people that I have personally worked with and appreciate. And um, for that, um, I'm personally recommending them to you guys. So that's why they're there. And if you don't want ads, then you can go to dopamine.life and hit the support the show button and leave a financial donation. That would be dope. Um, okay. So on the second half, we've been kind of talking about obsession and I think I want to 
uh, right now, my current obsession is basically what I've been talking about in the first half is like really specifically this conversation I'm having with someone that continues to kind of spout general like misinformation. And it's really frustrating. Um, and, you know, and I got into this quite a bit in like 2016 with the election and just really started to bring a lot of toxicity into my life. But I also see that it sometimes will still seep out in other ways. Right. And I'll become obsessed with, um, you know, being correct in some way. Right. And I think what I've been evolving in is being correct about things that are actually correct and not being correct, not trying to be correct about, um, you know, vague intuitive things, right? Because like as much as my intuition is incredibly powerful and I do trust it, when I'm having conversations with people, it doesn't necessarily serve as any kind of like actual uh, data point for people, right? I can't just, again, generalize and say like, well, everyone, 50% of the people that I talk to, it's like, okay, that's not an actual data point for someone. Like they don't, they can't identify with what I think I just know, right? And it kind of it kind of becomes like a hero in a movie problem, right? right? Where they're just like, it's this guy and I, I just know it, right? <laughs> and it's just not, that's that's just not always true. As much as it's sometimes true in movies, it's just not true in reality. Intuitives are not always correct um, with their intuition or are they you know, like healthily, you know, in that place. So anyway, point is that, um, you know, my current obsession is that. Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, other general obsessions. Obviously there's OCD, but we're not gonna really talk about that in this episode. We're gonna talk about obsession um, in terms of me just reading a Psychology Today article. <laughs> and uh, I know a lot of people shit on Psychology Today, but I do think that it is a good source of at least getting you started into learning about something, right? This is an article from way back in 2010, eight years away, uh, ago. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm going to search real quick and see if I can find a more recent article. Uh, obsessions and addiction. Actually, that's pretty good too. So we're going to kind of go through a couple here while we, uh, while we kind of browse through. So obsessions and addiction, because to me, it does feel very similar to that, like addictive driver, because I'm very much an addictive personality. Um, and I, I avoid a lot of substances. I avoid many things because I just know that I get addicted to stuff and obsessed. And it's kind of like very similar. So um, I'm going to read this article from psychcentral.com. It doesn't have a date on it. So I'm going to assume it's fairly recent. But who knows? The website looks a little outdated. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, this article isn't meant to address obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a mental disorder affecting 1% of adults. Uh, it starts in childhood and believes to have a genetic component. OCD may include only obsessions. Um, usually the themes are about fear of contamination or dirt, having things orderly and symmetrical, aggressive or horrific thoughts about harming yourself or others, and unwanted thoughts, including aggression or sexual and religious or, uh, or religious subjects. Uh, the Mayo Clinic has developed an Apple app uh, to cope with the anxiety, blah, 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 blah. When an obsession dominates us, it steals our will and saps all the pleasure of our life. We become numb to people and events while our mind replays the same dialogue, um, images, and words or words in a conversation we have little interest in what the other person is saying and soon talk about our obsession oblivious to the impact on our listener obsessions vary in their power where they're mild we're able to work and distract ourselves when intense our thoughts are laser focused on our obsession as with compulsions they operate outside our uh, our conscious control and rarely abate with reasoning so obsessions can possess our mind our thoughts race or run in circles feeding incessant worry fantasy or a search for answers. They can take over our life so that we lose hours, sleep, or even days or weeks of enjoyment and product, um, productive activity. Um, I definitely feel that. Obsessions can paralyze us. Oftentimes, they lead to compulsive behavior, such as repeatedly checking our email, our weight, and or whether the doors are locked. Um, we lose touch with ourselves, our feelings, and our ability to reason and solve problems. Obsessions like this are usually driven by fear, codependence, including addicts, 
um, uh, focus on the external. Ad addicts obsess about the object of their addiction. Our thinking and behavior revolves around the object of our addiction while our true self is cloaked with shame, but we can obsess about anyone or anything. Obsessive worry frequently occurs. Because of shame, we're preoccupied with other how others perceive us. This leads to anxiety and obsessions concerning what other people think about us. We especially worry before or after any type of performance or behavior where others are watching and during uh, dating or after a breakup. Shame also creates insecurity, doubt, self-criticism, indecision, and irrational guilt. Normal guilt can turn into an obsession that leads to self-shaming that can last for days or months. Normal guilt is alleviated by making amends or by taking corrective action, by sh but shame endures because it is we who are bad, not our actions. Codependents typically obsess about people for whom they love and care. They might worry about an alcoholic's behavior, not realizing they have become as preoccupied with him or her as the alcoholic is, the, uh, is with alcohol. Obsessions can feed compulsive attempts to control others, such as following someone, reading other person's diary, uh, emails or texts, diluting bottles of liquor, hiding keys, or searching for drugs. None of this helps, but only causes more chaos and conflict. The more we're obsessed with someone else, the more ourselves of ourselves we lose. When we, um, when asked how we are, we may quickly change the subject to the person we're obsessed with. In a new romantic relationship, it's normal to think about our love, uh, our loved one to a degree. But for codependents, it often doesn't stop there. When not worrying about the relationship, we may become obsessed with our partner's whereabouts or create jealous scripts that damage the relationship. Our obsessions may also be pleasurable, such as fantasies about romance, sex, or power. We may imagine how we'd like our relationship to be or how we want to someone to act. A big discrepancy between our fantasy and reality may reveal that what we're missing in our life. Um, some codependents are consumed by obsessive love. They might call their loved one many times a day, demand attention and responses, and feel easily hurt, rejected, or abandoned. Actually, this isn't really love at all, but an expression of a desperate need to bond and escape loneliness and inner emptiness. It usually pushes the other person away. Real love uh, um, accepts the other person and respects their needs. That sounds familiar. Denial. <laughs> Denial is a major symptom of codependency. Denial of painful realities of addiction, ours, and others. And denial of our needs and feelings. A great many codependents are unable to identify their feelings. They may be able to name them, but not feel them. Uh, the inability to tolerate painful emotions is another reason why codependents tend to obsess. Obsession serves the function of protecting us from painful feelings. Thus, it can be looked at as a defense to pain. And un as uncomfortable as an obsession can be, it keeps at bay underlying emotions such as grief, loneliness, anger, emptiness, shame, and fear. It may be the fear of rejection or the fear of losing a loved one to a drug addiction. Other certain, um, often certain feelings are shame bound because they were shamed in childhood. When they arise in childhood, or that when they arise in adulthood, we might obsess instead. We, uh, if we believe we shouldn't feel anger or express it, we might not be able to let go of resentment about someone rather than allow ourselves to feel angry. If sadness was shamed, we might obsess about a romantic interest to avoid feeling the pain of loneliness or rejection. So, of course, sometimes we are really obsessed because we are, we're very afraid that a loved one will commit suicide, get arrested, overdose, overdose, or die, or kill someone while driving drunk. Yet, we can also obsess about a small problem to avoid facing a larger one. For example, a mother of a drug addict might obsess about her son's sloppiness, but not confront or even admit to herself that he could die from his addiction. A perfectionist might obsess about a minor flaw in his or her appearance, but not acknowledge feelings or inferiority or unlovability. The best way to end an obsession is to lose our mind and come to our senses. It follows that if an obsession is to avoid feeling, getting in touch with feelings and allowing them to flow will help dissolve our obsession. If you, our obsession helps us avoid taking action, we can get support to face our fears and act. Um, when our obsessions are irrational and allowing our feelings uh, doesn't dispel them, it can be helpful to reason them out with a friend or therapist. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? And wait patiently until you know. 
Uh, learn to meditate to quiet your mind. Do slow movement to evocative music and allow yourself to feel. Write about feelings. Write about your feelings ideally with your non-dominant hand and read it to someone. Share it. Um, share at a coda or AI anon meaning. I don't know what those are. Um, spend time in nature, read spiritual literature or attend spiritual or religious gatherings. Note that religion and spirituality can become obsessions too. Absolutely. That's why I thought that was a weird thing as I was reading it. <laughs> if you're obsessed with a person, get 14 tips of letting go at what is codependency.com, which we'll cover in another episode. Um, and put your energy into expanding your social network, do something creative, develop interests and passions that feed, inspire, and nurture you. Do what you enjoy. Don't wait for someone to join you. If you're obsessing over a broken relationship, here's a list of things to do and think about. Um, do the exercises in codependency for dummies, especially in chapter nine on non-attachment and the exercise in conquering shame and codependency. So I'm curious about reading that book. I'll definitely check out, check out codependency for dummies. And we'll talk about what is codependency in a future episode, because that is a major sort of side effect sometimes of obsession, right? We become sort of codependent on relationships in our lives and sort of make excuses for ourselves and others, depending on the situation. I'm no longer reading by the way. Um, <laughs> so you know, one of the things that really stuck out for me is like obsession being sort of a shield or a mask for something that's really going on. And for me, that that rings pretty true. I feel like I'm distracting myself from a lot of the um, the things that I have to do uh, and a lot of the emotions I need to face that come with, you know, not having money and my life not really going in the right direction financially as well as I would like to. Um, I don't talk about my son very much. Um, I'm constantly looking at pictures and checking those things, but I don't talk about that as much as I would like to. Um, I don't share that with people online. I don't share that with my close friends too much. Um, there is a lot of fear of judgment of being a father that hasn't met his infant son. Um, and he's across the country and I don't have the means or the ability to even pay child support right now or to pay to, to go and visit or to get a lawyer to set up any kind of visitation to do anything. I feel pretty helpless in that regard, honestly. So, um, you know, being open and honest has been helpful. Um, it is, is helpful for working through that. Um, I think, I think we're having a breakthrough on the air right now. Um, and if you've heard some of my episodes lately, you know, I've had some anger and I've had a lot of things that I've been kind of projecting onto certain topics. And I think I personally have been dealing with a lot of, um, a lot of inner turmoil that I don't know what to do with. Like, I don't know what emotions are like, <laughs> I don't know how to express things, uh, accurately, or sometimes I hold myself back because I don't want to be a burden, you know, on someone. Right. And, um, that could be, again, kind of an expression of codependency of like making sure that I'm protecting someone else's feelings, in this case, Molly, or um, people that I interact with online and stuff, and being open about certain things. Because like, you know, the, the whole crux of the show, the whole point of everything is for me to be open and honest. And the fact that I haven't been as open and honest about, you know, my son and how I feel about all that stuff and what's going on personally with finances and such um, is probably why I feel like overall the quality of the show is dipped a little bit. Um, and I need to be real and open with you guys about that stuff, you know? And when I have episodes where I feel like I'm finger pointing, like it doesn't feel right the entire time. I'm still going to do it because this is genuinely what I'm feeling. Because even, even though I'm struggling with an obsession or struggling with, you know, um, emotions of other people or things like that, like this is the reality of what I go through. Again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert of any kind. I'm just a someone that is you know, experiencing things and sharing those things that I experience. you know, I'm basically like vlogging or writing a blog, right? It's like, I'm just trying to express what is actually going on. And for you to actually see it like episode to episode, and then be able to see at the end of it, like that I come to this aha moment of like, okay, maybe I need to work on expressing myself a little bit more about like the sadness, the deep intense sadness that I feel about not being anywhere near my son and, and you know, not having any kind of connection to that life um, because of, 
something as simple and silly as money, but also being very prideful and stubborn about making sure that I'm making my own way, even though I can, I know and can acknowledge that it's not working right now. So it's, um, all of it is very confusing. There's a lot of stuff going on. And, um, I think I just need to continue to be a little bit more open about all of that, that in actuality and quit masking it with all these other things, you know, like social issues and whatever. I, I mean, I think it's a genuine expression of how a lot of people feel, right? We get obsessed with talking about, you know, these big things that we can't control as if we're pointing fingers and, and trying to detract or avoid having to deal with ourselves. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the big things that, that many of us are actually dealing with. And, um, I'm hoping to help people through that and share that through my story. But I, I do have to rem like remain true to the fact that like, I need to continue to tell my story right through this podcast and not just try to find, you know, things that are things that I don't know about things that I am speculating on. And again, I, I do think my intuition is powerful. I think I can certainly help a lot of people through what I ascertain. Um, because, you know, again, me even saying that people are masking things is a generalized statement, but I do believe it to be true because of my experiences with people and my experience with myself. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not everyone, of course, but uh, I'm pretty self-aware and I can at least talk about my situation. So at the end of the day, I think this obsession that I'm dealing with this morning with this person, I'm cutting it off. There's, there's no read, no, no need to continue to engage, um, especially when there's no actual growth going on. It's just a toxic conversation. Um, I think I'm going to post a picture of my son on my Facebook page, at least, so I can kind of take that step of being proud of who he is already as a little baby boy. That is uh, he was two months premature and he's certainly like super cute kid. I'm not just saying that because I'm biased, <laughs> but he's a really cute kid um, already starting to like walk a little bit, not walk, but like kind of hold himself up and all that stuff. And um, I see those things. Like I never thought I, I will, I will definitely give in to the idea that, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh my God, you totally fall in love with your kid. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> that's fine. I was wrong <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but it, you know, it's hard to admit that I'm wrong <laughs> about anything about even emotional things like that too. So, um, I certainly feel good that he exists. I, I feel good that he has the mom that he does like, she's great for him. And, uh, it's nice to have access to some photos. Um, though I don't know if that's even on purpose, honestly. <laughs> so I just happened to come across them. So, uh, I'm not being sent anything, which is also frustrating. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think I do want to have an episode where I talk about all that stuff in more detail because my current obsession feels like it's like masking all of that stuff. Like that stuff is where I feel like the most heaviness right now. That's where all the weight is, is in kind of, um, wanting to meet my kid. I wish I was around, um, or I wish he was around rather because I like being here. I like my life here. I just wish finances were a little bit better, which I'm working towards. I wish my son was here. Um, I wish that, you know, I, I kind of feel a little bit robbed of that sort of experience because the relationship didn't work out. I didn't get the experience of like seeing my son being born and, you know, going through the infant stages. And I know that there's like a lot of, you know, people are like, ah, it's like, they're just crying all the time and it's terrible. But you know, there's just like, it's a very emotional part of the human experience, right? That we, we, we pass on our genes to, you know, the next generation. And there's like a proud moment of like, ah, I did it. 
<laughs> I I fulfilled my evolutionary purpose. <laughs> and you just, you know, all of that gets encompassed in in this emotional experience, right? Um, and I guess I just didn't have that. And I kind of skipped over it. And I feel like I, I ro- was robbed of it. I think Molly asked me that once. And I didn't really, I don't think I responded truthfully in that moment. Um, because I was just like, not really. I feel like there's more opportunity and I do feel like there's more opportunity. It's not, you know, it's not the end (laughs) for being, being able to have a child or whatever and experience all of that. But, um, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just sad. That's all. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to (laughs) stop. I'm going to go off the air. Uh, I think I got to work through some things, Uh, but I'm hoping to come back maybe tomorrow. I can come back and talk about this a little bit more in depth. I want to get real about all this stuff. I think I've been avoiding uh, a lot of this conversation. Uh, I had an episode that I wanted to record a few weeks ago about like, you know, kind of like a letter to my (laughs) ex-wife and, uh, uh, and talk about my son and all of that stuff. So I think, I think that's going to be coming soon. So if you haven't subscribed and you want some real heavy emotional stuff, it's coming. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Again, I appreciate you being a subscriber, a continued listener. I think it's uh, amazing that people are being, um, uh, sharing this and listening to this show from really all over the world. I've recently found out that people are listening from 15 countries, 15 different countries around the world. And that's freaking rad. Um, trying not to curse as much so it can go to more places, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's humbling. It's awesome. And I think I'm in a place where I need to feel some things. So, uh, I certainly feel that gratitude. I feel fantastic in that way. Um, glad this show has gone for almost 250 episodes now and uh i'm gonna keep doing it so this this feels good this feels like a good solid foundation in life right now and uh yeah i'm gonna take this and and this energy and 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 move forward and and try to continue to build things so uh thanks for being here i hope you guys take care of yourselves go hug your kids because there are people around the world who don't get a chance to like be with them for one reason or another. So, you know, show gratitude wherever you can and um, show some love for the life you've got. So that's it. Sorry to end on a somber note. (laughs) Take care of yourselves and each other. Uh, If you want to check out all the stuff that I have to offer, because honestly I'm looking for work. So if you go to cnote.media, you can check out all of my work and the things that I offer. And, um, and, and that's all. So, Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.